Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish hunter. Something evil. Aliens versus avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. Not recommended for impressionable children. What? Welcome to the wonderful world of Mockbusters. And welcome to It Came From Cleveland. Uh, yeah, so we're going to have a fun show tonight. Uh, I've chosen a strange topic to talk about tonight. But of course, joining me uh, for some uh, regular features on the program tonight, uh, of course, Joe Sandhorsley. Welcome, Joe. Hey, hello. We'll be revisiting a comedy legend with you t- later tonight. We will. And, of course, Michelle, welcome uh, to you as well. You have a very fun pick for us tonight as, as well. Yeah, and I got some really cool trailers for us, too. So we've yeah. got some really, really, oh. really action. It's an action-packed evening. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, my God. The trailers you picked, they blended. They, they, the transitions on them are beautiful uh, when I blended them together. One oh, of cool. Them, one of them ended with a musical note that the other began with. <laughs> I did not plan that, but that's uh, cool. Yeah, it was so funny because I lined it up and I was like, oh, my God, it's like... It's like the same musical note, and it, you know, uh, but anyway, and of course, Miles, uh, you've got a very fun story for us tonight as well, uh, for your segment. Extends greeting gesture. Yes, going to discuss right. a little, uh, uh, ancient battle in the 13th century. Yeah. Okay. So this this should be real fascinating. Um. Now, uh, uh speaking of battles. There's a battle for bucks at the box office sometimes, and also video rental stores. You've all heard of blockbusters and, of course, blockbuster video, but have you ever heard of a mockbuster? This is a term that is new to me, and I have been uh, researching it all day and laughing until I cried at some of these mockbusters I found, okay? So, essentially, there's one culprit in particular that has released a lot of movies that are called Mockbusters and Michelle, you know the company. Would you care to to uh, tell? That would be Asylum. <laughs> yes, the Asylum. And you, if you watched all of these Mockbusters, you would be locked away in an asylum because they're stupid crazy. <laughs> yes, they are, but they're a lot of fun too. They so. they really are. They really are. And now now in my research, I'm not digging real deep into the legalities and things like that, but there have been. Um, some lawsuits uh, filed, uh, and there's been, uh, you know, uh, uh, legal proceedings that there's an attempt to deceive. Basically, what a mockbuster is is, the um, if you can find a, a a basic premise or a word very similar to the title of a movie or an actual movie title that might be in the public domain, uh, you can. Go ahead and, you know, if you hear, well, okay, let's take a really blatant example, okay? Um, War of the Worlds. 
in uh, 2005, there was a blockbuster uh, called War of the Worlds, of course, based on the H.G. Wells book. And, you know, there was, a you know, a couple different movie interpretations of that. And, of course, the famous Orson Welles radio play that freaked everybody out. Um, but there is one, uh, there was, uh, there before the Tom Cruise one got to home video, and I think even before it got to the box office, the asylum rushed. They, they must've found out, you know, cause obviously, you know, if you think about it, Miles, a Steven Spielberg movie, probably going to take at least a year to complete, right? Um, that sounds fair. Yeah. Yeah. Now, an asylum film, Michelle, I I would say venture to say they probably could have it done within a month. They have a very quick turnaround time, yeah. and that's why a lot of they. I, I watched a makeup show once, and it was about a, a guy that did uh, practical effects, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and costuming and stuff. And the, you know, they he would do stuff for them, and they would have such a tight timeline. It was hilarious. Yeah. Well, this one, um, now, Joe, the way they circumvented this one is instead of just calling it War of the Worlds, they put in big letters, War of the Worlds, on the front of it, and then right above it, it says, H.G. Wells. (laughs) (laughs) So this reminds me of the Schmingy Brothers when they did the uh, Michael Jackson uh, Mm. Tonight on the Mute Marquee. Big letters, Michael Jackson. (laughs) This is tribute in little letters. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That is uh, that is perfectly uh, a perfect analogy to to what is going on here. So so then when somebody's all excited, they're like, "Oh my God, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise!" And they're out at the video store. Uh, they're like, "Oh my God, it's on video already!" They just look at it, and the cover for it's pretty slick. I actually just sold this not that long ago in our eBay store, and this is kind of what prompted me to do this segment because I sold another one a while back too. Um, and I have others in the store, and I've started labeling them Mockbuster um, because I think people are out there wanting to buy them. And I know personally, after re- doing the research for this, there are two in particular I will be watching because they look so phenomenally bad. It's not even funny. And I was crying. I was crying. But this one uh, is is the straight straight up one. This one doesn't actually look too bad. But this is uh, the trailer for H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Something is out there. Oh, is it headed this way? Oh, no. When I sold this in the description, I was like, do not m- confuse this. Because I have another one, too. And I think I might have sold that, too. It's uh, the Battle for Los Angeles, not 
what was the movie with Aaron Eckhart? I think it was Battle of Los Angeles or something. But the, the <laughs> so sounds familiar. Yeah, and uh, you know, aliens versus the military. Um, it, but yeah, the, the, so that that was another one. I didn't bother with that one because the trailer was not uh, so great. I mean, some of them don't, just don't translate uh, audio wise. Most of these don't. But I I went with what I had. So uh, so yeah. So basically, the asylum they rushed this out, uh, and they made bank off of it. You know, I mean, probably, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are pretty cynical out there that are like, that's not the real one. Tom Cruise is in the real one, you know. But then there's other people who are just like, you know, just grabbing it. Oh, well, that's the new one. Oh, just came out 2005. That's it. Right? And then they get it home. They're what the? <laughs> what is this crap? <laughs> yeah. I also will be interjecting Wilhelm screams into these trailers. Into these- <laughs> mock busters to give them greater credibility um so <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so th- there are a-, a plethora of these things this one i found uh pretty amusing i'm i'm gonna um i'm just gonna play it because you'll get it by the end uh <laughs> but there was a samuel l jackson movie this one ripped off Southwest Express heads towards Los Angeles, loaded with 100 passengers and 1,000 new, angry, venomous snakes. Snakes on a train. <laughs> yeah, first. So, and the train at the end of the uh, um, uh, the train at the end of the movie, Joe, gets eaten by mm-hmm. a giant snake. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How else would you end that? Yes, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, there. Thank you, Michelle. Enough is enough. <laughs> I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. Yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, uh, oh my God, that is so ridiculous. So yeah, snakes on a train, Miles, not to be confused with snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, the, the, the. I guess you would call it the genetic instinct of humans to be fearful of snakes uh, will ensure that there will never be an end to such movies. Yeah, true, true. So uh, now, Michelle, you remember the movie Pacific Rim, right? Oh, yeah. And I know where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Am I going to the eastern seaboard? (laughs) 
to the oh boy to the Atlantic Rim. <laughs> yes, the Idris Elba uh, starring uh, Pacific Rim, directed by Benicio del, or no uh, Guillermo del Toro, about giant robots versus kaiju, uh, was ripped off in 2013 uh, by the Asylum with the giant robots versus giant monsters movie Atlantic Rim. We don't believe the rig disappeared. We believe it was scuttled. What do you propose? He was the first one to sign up, and he passed all the tests. Glad y'all can make it. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Are these MBOT pilots ready? Gearing up as we speak. <laughs> this is an eclipsy dive. Commencing launch sequences. Let go. Bots are down. I'm picking something up on the sonar. What is that? It's very, very large. Red! That thing just touched down south of New York. Broke in time. He is a reckless liability. But he's the best we've got. Come on! Get the hell out of here. There you go, Atlantic Rim. <laughs> yeah, and then the sequel, Atlantic Rim Resurrection. Oh, Come on. Oh, yeah. I, I, Did you add the Wilhelm scream, or was that actually in the trailer? Yes, I added it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll be doing that frequently on these, so I, I didn't hear any actual Wilhelm screams in them. Um, yeah, the but of course, yeah, the, the, they crank the sequels out for these. one Like, one that I didn't get... Avengers Grimm, okay, where it's characters from Grimm's fairy tale kind of as a superhero team, and they put Avengers Grimm, and it's got like Casper Van Dien in, in it and everything from Starship Troopers, and I mean, it it's terrible. It's just, it looks terrible. and they, But they made a sequel to that too to coincide with um, the, uh, well, they, they released one at the time of uh age of ultron and then uh, the follow-up was uh at the uh for the you know first infinity war movie um and uh and it, i mean they'll they'll just do anything to put a name on something to be oh it's an avengers movie i haven't seen you know i mean there are i well you know well, the Carlin clip I got for Joe's, uh, uh, for, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to spoil. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stupid people in this world. Mm. So, uh, you know, in, in this, you know, the success of Mockbusters is absolutely, um, you know, I, I mean, if it was just a few people buying them for the novelty of it, or, or watching them for the novelty, cause, you know, they, they wouldn't make any money and they, it would, they wouldn't exist, but, they exist because they were able to fool the masses, uh, at least in the video rental era. It's not so predominant anymore because there's no real, um, you know, obviously they're going to do it for streaming and stuff like that. You know, that's the new yes. one, you know, um, but, you know, I'm going largely off of the ones that were home video releases that I became familiarized with. And well, yeah, go ahead. 
also between the markets when when things were going away from uh video release you know video stores to the streaming platforms in between there they fed a steady stream of these stinkers to sci-fi channel yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so there is a there is a market for them and you know i i I love it, uh, you know, there, uh, and this one, um, 2005, King Kong was coming up. Peter Jackson uh, re remake of King Kong. Pretty decent movie. Um, however, there was, uh, based on, uh, do you guys remember the old stop motion movie, The Lost World? Yep. Yes. Okay, that was, uh, you know, with dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff. That was based on, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle short story. Okay. Um, so, uh, basically what they did, you know, the asylum did is they constructed this thing called King of the Lost World. So you're kind of getting a little bit of a feel of it. And of course the graphic for the, the cover art for King of the Lost World has a great image of a giant gorilla standing over a mountain. So you see the word King over a giant gorilla. You think it's King Kong, you know, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you know, but this movie, and, and by the way, this movie, uh, King of the Lost World, 2005, they rushed it into video stores and, uh, you know, home video, uh, stars Bruce Boxleitner and Bruce Boxleitner has been in two of these. I got oh yeah yeah oh oh you'll love the the second one it's so stupid but yeah this is the trailer for King of the Lost World also something that I just sold out of my store plane hit the ridge on the way down wreckage can't be far they survived the crash we stick together tight don't touch anything don't wander off they might survive the Amazon. But will they survive the lost world? Run! Conan Doyle's classic tale comes the terrifying action adventure that inspired King Kong and Jurassic Park. Starring Bruce Boxleitner from Babylon 5 and Steve Railsback from The Devil's Rejects. King of the Lost World. And what could be much worse than a giant spider? This is hell, man. You're at hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, Michelle posted an actual picture of the the ape, and gee, doesn't it look an awful lot like that ape that's sitting on the couch? Well, the guy in the ape costume, the ape rental costume, yes. giving the <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, it looks bad. And then the pictures that they have on for the cover art. I mean, it's you know, I mean, th those are obviously some photoshops in the bottom too. And the top one looks like pretty, you know, halfway decent airbrush art. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks so bad when they showed the shots of the apes. I, ape, I was like, wow, 
that makes the one from what 1980 or whatever look pretty good, <laughs> you know, because that one was bad. Um, These guys have no shame whatsoever. I feel oh, bad for the authors, you know. Sir Conan oh, Doyle must be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> 78 RPM. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh, but this, you know, it just never ends with these guys, and, you know, of course, uh, if Adam's listening, uh, I got one for him, uh, since I know he has a deep love for Kung Fu Panda, uh, he might want to watch Little Panda Fighter from 2008. (laughs) This is the, I mean, the, the, the CGI for Little Panda Fighter, I mean, I had video games in the in the you know early '90s with better graphics than this. You know, I mean it's it's so bad, and the narration on this is awful. This is a Brazilian animation, Little Panda Fighter. This big clumsy bear dreams of one day becoming a great ballet dancer, but instead he ends up being a little panda fighter. While he sees himself as a ballet star, he will have to get into the ring and fight. And more than just a day of training, he will experience thrilling and moving moments while trying to reconcile boxing and ballet. The Little Panda Fighter. Uh, there was uh, actually a piece of the CGI of the polar bear from that movie. Um, it, it's it's so tragic. Bad. <laughs> it is so bad. Um, but uh, this big clumsy bear. Okay, so why does he become? He's a big clumsy bear now. He's a little panda fighter. I, you know, I mean, seriously, I should have put the Wilhelm scream in there. <laughs> Um, just because it was so painful to watch and listen to that narrator was awful. Um, but yeah, so there you go. If you want, there's another one that they did too. There's like two, there, there's like a actual, uh, hand-drawn animation one that they, they ripped off. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but, um, it doesn't look bad though. I mean, the animation doesn't look bad and apparently it was done by some studio that did a relatively famous Nickelodeon cartoon as well. So you know, they're trying to source, uh, you know, to get, you know, try and maybe get people interested or kids interested. Um, now, uh, let me see. Oh yeah. So before, yeah, before we go to the break, one last one, this, uh, we remember world war Z miles. Did you watch that with Brad Pitt? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Well, have you seen apocalypse Z? (laughs) Actually, I no, no, I have not. Yeah. Well, and this is the, the and now this is a case, Michelle, where they rebranded a movie. It was originally called Zombie Massacre, but then they found out about World War Z and were like, "Oh, it's Apocalypse Z now." You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, here's here's the trailer for that. We let you in from here. Once inside, you're on your own. Should the virus propagate, it would be the end. Place the bomb and get out. So what brings you here, Chief? It didn't look like one of us. I'm here for my daughter. We go in, we drop the bomb, we get out. 
We forget about this place. The airport is close. We still have enough time to get to it. We have to get to it! The world needs to know what happened here. And what happens if you're late? A school bus will come and collect us. If you are late, you die. Better and better. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, Joe, look. Thank you, Michelle, for putting that the cover art in there side by side on these. Uh, but check that cover art out, Joe. <laughs> I love it. I mean, Holy uh, yeah. I mean the 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 helicopter off to the side, looking down on a city in ruins. You know, and the only thing that's missing is you know the. You know, the Brad, guy. Brad Pitt's back. You right. Know, uh, <laughs> yes. Look, looking at the back of a, a of a helicopter. Um, Looks like they just photoshopped. Where were he? <laughs> yeah. It really. took Brad Pitt out. <laughs> so I mean, that's crazy. And you, Max Brooks directed that, Michelle. Apocalypse. It was based on his his. It was based on his uh, concept. Where were he? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, but th so there you go. There, there's some of the more mainstreamish ones. I cannot wait to get to the other ones. I'm saving the most ridiculous for last because, oh my god, the one that you were I able found... to figure out which one was the most ridiculous, really. Oh, <laughs> oh, I think you'll agree with me by the end. Um, okay. I think you will. So, uh, but Michelle, it's time uh, for for break. So tell us uh, who we have uh, for our first birthday uh, trailer break. Okay, our first trailer break was a little bit of fun. I decided to try to tie them together since I saw some credits that were kind of reoccurring. We have three David Lynch alumni oh, who nice. are all born on the same day, May 14th. Wow. But I did not pick their David Lynch movies. So we have Walter uh, O'Keswick, I think his name is. Okay. Um, he was born on May 14th, 1948 in New Jersey. And he's in a creepy little movie called The Surgeon from 1995. He was also in the Twin Peaks series. Nice. So there you go. That's his connection. We have Sean Phillips, born May 14th, 1933 in Wales. And she was in Clash of the Titans, and from 1981, she played Cassiopeia, and uh, she was actually she was in Dune as the uh, the Reverend Mother. Nice. And then and then we have another Dune uh, actress, Francesca Annis, born May 14th, 1945, 
in London, England, and she's in a favorite fantasy sci-fi movie of mine called Crawl, 1983. Awesome. All right, we'll be right back with lots more. It came from Cleveland right after this. From the Academy Award-winning special effects team that brought you The Abyss, Ghostbusters, Predator, and Batman Returns. I'm starting to feel better. We can do better than that. <laughs> from the producers of Carlito's Way, The Shadow, and Poltergeist. Matar escaped from County. We think he's here in the hospital. Behind this mask breathes a doctor who's mad as hell. <laughs> living on the cutting edge of revenge. Frightening, blood-curdling, and that's just his morning rounds. Some of a bitch is taking the time he needs to enjoy himself, man. I'll be next. Isabel Glasser, James Remire, Charles Dance, Peter Boyle, and Malcolm McDowell. First there was Jason, then Freddy, finally a real professional. The Surgeon. Let's get it right this time. Provide him with suitable weapons. Weapons of divine temper. A helmet, a shield, a sword. Find and fulfill your destiny. The myth. The magic. The mystery. The majesty. Destroy Argos! Let loose the last of the Titans. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents Clash of the Titans. The good. The evil. The danger. The daring. How may a mortal man face and defeat the Kraken? Clash of the Titans. The combat. The courage. The splendor. The spectacle. Clash of the Titans. Starring Harry Hamlin as Perseus, Judy Bowker as Andromeda, Burgess Meredith, Maggie Smith, Ursula Andress, Claire Bloom, Sean Phillips, Flora Robeson, and Lawrence Olivier as Zeus. Before history, beyond imagination. Clash of the Titans. On a distant planet, a great kingdom was ravaged by beings who came from the future to conquer the universe. survivors follow a doubtful seer and a throneless king. They will hold her in the Black Fortress. You must have help. Thieves, bandits, fighters and brawlers. 
desperate men. Those are the kind of men I need. Well, you heard him. We are now an army. <laughs> At the end of an impossible journey, they must fight an invincible enemy. Here's the knowledge you seek. I shall be your king. In the fortress, you will face more than the slayers. What is about to happen to them could never have happened on Earth. Columbia Pictures presents a world apart from anything you have seen before. Crawl. You're some sort of weirdo? Yes, I am. Welcome back uh, to It Came From Cleveland uh, for May 20th, 2022. And uh, it's warm here, boy. This is the warmest day we've had yet. It's windy as heck. Is it windy out there, Joe? Uh, we had a lot of thunderstorms. Oh, okay. I think the storms yeah. are rolling in our way soon. So not too windy though. Yeah. No. Uh, no. But uh, anyway, yeah. So welcome back, Joe, and uh, thank you, Michelle, for putting together the deluxe uh, trailer breaks for us tonight. Appreciate that. You are most welcome. And welcome back to you, Miles. Are you enthralled at the wonderful world of Mockbusters? It does sound uh, entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Now, I, I've tried to save what I find to be the most ridiculous for last. Um, and the, uh, let me see, where are we? Yeah, okay. So this one is it, not, not probably not the, the most ridiculous, but an obvious crazy cash grab. Released on home video in 2011 to compete with the Marvel Studios release of Thor, the Asylum put out a movie called The Almighty Thor. Big name in this one, Michelle, is Richard Grieco as Loki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and uh, a highlight from this, uh, the Almighty Thor in this trailer uh, uses an Uzi at one point. Very fun. Um, and it's uh, basically just fighting giant monsters in the streets. It's uh, it's pretty dumb. Here you go. In the land of the gods, a great evil arises. And only one man. Your chance to save all this good. As the power to change the fate of men, to alter fate, to change the fate of gods. Loki! The final battle between heaven and hell will be waged on Earth. <laughs>
say Thor, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's Thor something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, th- this is bad. And now, now the um, of course, this one, oh, this one, oh man, I think I just want to play this. Um, this is one. Uh, uh, there are a few movies in this franchise, at least two. I have the. Uh, I'll, I'll save the first trailer for for later. Um, if we have time for it. Um, but I'm not going to play this, uh, because I want you guys to hear the title of it at the end, like how bad of a ripoff this is. Um, but Bruce Boxleitner's in this one and, uh, it came out the same year as a, a big, big blockbuster, big money blockbuster. And, uh, this was the mockbuster, uh, cash grab for it. Transformers. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's tragic. <laughs> and I think that's. I'm going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so Transmorphers Fall of Man, it coincides with the release of Transformers R- Rise of the Fallen. Uh, or something like that. I, I, I don't know. I didn't like those movies, but I would probably rather watch the Transmorphers movies than the Transformers movies. But Transmorphers. I mean, wow, that is bold. That is a bold ripoff, Joe. Yeah, well, if you're going to go, go bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and Miles, this has, like, no, I mean, I mean, you, you would have to be, this is, this is to trick a grandparent, I think is what it is, Miles. Like, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I I definitely see that the yeah. Um, I'm not. I, I'll probably be a little kinder. Uh, I'll simply say if you tell an entertaining story, I'll be interested. If you yeah. tell garbage, just because you're changing, taking a concept and a name, and and just throwing special effects out for the sake of special effects, I uh, you'll lose me fast. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and this also reminds me, like when I was a kid. Um, my, you know, family members would go out and they would buy things for me that looked kind of like they were Star Wars or kind of like they were G.I. Joe, but they weren't. And you'd get these and you just have this like knockoff toy and you're like, uh, 
And now those knockoff toys are worth a small fortune because they they were really crappy and fell apart and 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 whatnot. Uh, and you know they the packaging was poor and you know so you find stuff like that that's still in the package is worth some dough. But uh, you know because there's there's a big movement, especially you know, in for toys especially of these, you know, chintzy knockoffs. Like there was one when Mego was doing um uh really well with the Star Trek uh the original series uh, uh toy line of the 8-inch figures. There was a company called Oh gosh, I don't remember the name, but they released a character who was uh called Mr. Rock. Like Mr. Spock, except he had like red hair or something like that and you know had a, a vague you know kind of looking um star trek uniform i mean it was really bad uh <laughs> brilliant but, but yeah but that mr rock figure is worth a ton but I, I think you know this it's it's kind of the you know meant to deceive oh my kids all oh, my kids love those transmorpher movies don't they like space track too you know um <laughs> you know uh, so, so yeah, there's, um, you know, the, the, the Transmorphers movies don't look horrible, but they don't look good. Um, you know, it, it looks better than King of the Lost World, I can tell you that. Um, so, but good, good for Bruce Boxleitner, uh, <laughs> King of the Mock, uh, uh, Mockbusters. Okay, now we're getting there, we're getting there. Uh, to to what I think is the most ridiculous. Now this one, oh man, this is so bad. This is, and I think there I have two trailers for the same movie, and the first one is pretty short. And I think that the the reason uh, there was a name change on this because I think there was uh there was there was probably a lawsuit. So listen to this. The alien. Visible, shape-shifting, here to breed, the avatar, intelligent, high-tech, here to kill the alien. They have become a plague in the universe. It's our world. Where's our friend? No, shit! It's their world. Aliens versus Avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. I mean, that's so bold. Aliens versus Avatars. I mean, I, I have a feeling, uh, what was it, James Cameron? He did Avatar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a feeling that the studio uh, said, oh, no, you're not going to sell a movie called Aliens versus Avatars. No way. Uh, <laughs> because it... it they changed the name Michelle to Alien versus Alien. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going with the other one, the other Alien versus. Oh, what what was that one? Uh, alien versus Hunter. Yeah, Alien versus Hunter. Yeah, um, the, I saw that one. Um, there was another one called The Terminators. Uh, that one didn't have a, a good trailer yes. to play. Uh, so, but. Alien ver- aliens versus Avatar. You know, if they did the cover art right on that, they would get somebody so excited. Um, but yeah, that Alien versus Hunter—that is such a knockoff. Um, but the uh, the Alien versus uh, Avatars. 
the aliens are much more like the predators uh, because they're you know they have that cloaking uh, technology it's kind of in the the jungle or something oh yeah look at that alien uh, aliens versus avatars the and the the avatar alien um in it uh they show a scene in the trailer where uh, she's a blue she's a blue lady so it makes sense yeah <laughs> So now here's the 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 rebrand. I think it probably was after a lawsuit, uh, and the trailer completely takes a, a twist too. Six friends on a vacation getaway. You guys are gonna absolutely love this place. It's like in the middle of nowhere. They came looking for good times and happy memories. Yeah, we've had some great times here. Dude, you better bang the hell out of that because I'm not enduring her company for nothing. Oh, dude. But something is out there. You know, something just isn't right. It can change form. I keep getting this feeling like we're being watched. It can hide in plain sight. What the hell are you? And it wants to breed. <laughs> they have one chance to stop it. They have become a plague in the universe. They will join forces with an alien soldier and unleash the ultimate weapon. <laughs> alien versus alien. Don't get caught in the middle. So yeah, versus... Aliens versus avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna live forever. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you like how, how they changed that, Michelle? The, the lousy stock music in the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably and I probably have that in my royalty-free catalog. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, the the final one that I have for you. I saved the, the absolute worst one for last. Okay. I can't even tell you how bad this trailer looks and how ridiculous it looks. And it, it, it really needs to be seen to be believed. Um, this production is largely comprised of purchased CGI stock footage. All right. And has like all green screen for the actors. When they're running, they are like running in place. It's painfully obvious. Um, you know, the the backgrounds are cartoonish and fake looking and just horribly, horribly put together. But when I saw the title for it, I just laughed my ass off. And I'm uh, again, I'm gonna play this for you. And uh and 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 the acting, oh my god, the acting is so bad. Uh, so here you go. Wait for um, wait. This is from 2013, a mockbuster. Wait for the the title. This whole crime scene is one big mystery now. There was a double homicide last night. 
Where'd you find it? A better question is, how'd you lose it? We were at the amusement park, hopped a subway, and a guy popped out of nowhere and robbed us at gunpoint. I think our Henry murdered the mugger. General Darwin has been more than gracious with our setbacks. I'm not sure he will be for very much longer. The government will stop funding this project unless you start showing some goddamn results! I know you're not gonna believe me, but your dad tried to kill me. Step aside! My father. There was a madman by the name Dr. Campbell. We believe he is sending a rocket to the moon and plans to blow it up. We're gonna have to take you down to the station. It's not what it looks like. What the hell is that? Well, it ain't Barney the Purple Dinosaur. We're sending you there alone to a limit. Now I shall eliminate you. Experiment gone crazy. An accident is wetting your bed. Oh, okay. They didn't even say it. They didn't even say it in the trailer. The movie is the amazing bulk. Not oh, the incredible Hulk, but the amazing bulk. And there is a gif of some of what you can expect from the amazing bulk. <laughs> He's just, it's so bad. I mean, in oh. in there, there's a video on YouTube of like the last um, like ten minutes of the movie, and it's like you know, it's it's like there's ten minutes left of the movie, and we haven't used all our stock footage yet, and it shows the incredible bulk or the amazing bulk. I'm sorry, running past like farm animals, like these CGI goofy farm animals and like cowboys and they're, they're like, look up and wave. I mean, it is so atrocious in the, the audio for it is so offensive to me. You know, everything sounds like it's being recorded in an echoey room, you know, I mean, <laughs> um, you know, and, and again, like you see the actors running in place and the the fake gunshots and everything it is so so ridiculous and obviously was you know meant to capitalize off of the incredible hulk movie with the uh, uh edward norton i mean yeah there's another one that yeah the day the earth stopped that came out the same day the same time as the day the earth stood still um, I am Omega, I am Legend, of course, because Omega Man was a part of, you know, based on The Last Man on Earth, but, um, and then uh, The Last Man on Earth was based on I am Legend, the, the story. So yeah, Michelle's, you, you found, a, Lance Hendrickson is in that Pirates of the Caribbean knockoff, isn't he? He's been in a few, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but this, this incredible bulk one, I mean, it, it, they called it. Or is anybody familiar with the room? No. Yes. I think I know the cell. Uh, the room is a, a movie by Tommy Wiseau, and there was uh, the a movie called The Disaster Artist that was based on the making of that movie with. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? He played uh, hair. I'm sorry, Susan. What? Franco. Oh yeah, Franco. James Franco was in it, and. Um, and uh, yeah, we uh, uh, they say they basically say this is the room of superhero movies. The room is like notoriously just really just 
overwroughtly bad and with terrible acting and terrible, you know, you know, there's there's some uh, some bad CGI in it, some bad sets, just you know, very awkward movie. So, um, uh, so yeah, so the, the that that one, Michelle, I'm gonna watch because it's so piss poor. It's so amazing. I don't even know who who oh, yeah. released that one, but uh, but yeah, uh, but he's not big and green. He's big and purple. So, uh, and he ate Barty the Purple Dinosaur. I don't know if you heard that line in the trailer. So. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, Yeah, but the trailer for it, it, if if anything, you guys have to watch the trailer for that one because it is so painfully bad. But it looks looks funny, though. Um, And, uh, you know, because there's no actual real sets in it anywhere. It's all CGI backgrounds. Or, or you know, green screened with like these cartoonish looking backgrounds. It's terrible looking. Um, but uh, let let me see who made this uh, movie real quick. I should have had this uh, pulled up. Uh, let, let me see. Oh yeah, somebody searched. The, one of the big searches is the amazing bulk budget. So, <laughs> um, but. Uh, Oh, wait a second. Here we go. There's the Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a little easier to navigate when you're on the air than IMDb. Um, okay, so this was released by production company. Uh, oh, d- distributed by Wild Eye Releasing. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. So, uh, but yeah, Michelle, you're you're finding them all there. You've got uh, Road Wars. Was that the the to co- to go up against uh, Furiosa? Thunder I Road. think so. I don't have I don't have the yeah. uh, the alternate uh, you know what I don't yeah. have the split screen one but yeah yeah so but the the actual uh, the movie po- the 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 cover for um, the amazing bulk the artwork for it is is pretty good but you know compared to what you what you uh, get um, in the movie I mean it's like. It's like the animated, you know, the CGI equivalent of a fart. It's so bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so l- here, let me put the DVD cover art in there for you, and then we'll we'll go to the break. Uh, but yeah, this is the. Uh, there you go. There you go. Um, the amazing bulk doesn't that see that looks pretty good, right? Oh, it's not. It's, nice. it's something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the amazing bulk. Uh, that is what I find to be the most ridiculous one. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's get going to the break a little bit early. Uh, make sure everybody has time for everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll keep my eyes peeled for more mockbusters. I might watch a few and give you guys some reviews. Maybe the amazing bulk. So <laughs> yeah. You sure you want to put yourself through that? <laughs> I think I, I, no, I really think I do. Um, yeah, this is, this is great. So, uh, anyway, all right, let's go ahead and run to the break. And when we come back, we'll pass the baton over to Joe. Uh, so hang tight and we'll be back with lots more. Uh, what's the show called? It came from Cleveland right after this.
humans versus avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. And now, on with the show. It's going to be a good night. It came from Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Cut the power! Now at last. The real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish unto you. Something evil. Some people are really fucking stupid. Did you ever notice that? How many really stupid people you run into during the day? Not recommended for impressionable children. God damn, there's a lot of stupid bastards walking around. There you go, Joe. I made that special for you. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of those. <laughs> and hence the popularity of Mockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I'm, not, I'm just amazed. Yeah. I like that last one. This is not it. It's that. <laughs> it's, and it's of, cor- of course, of uh, course, welcome back, uh, welcome back, Joe. We'll get to your segment here momentarily. And Michelle, thank you again for all the trailers, and looking forward to your segment uh, in the third hour. Well, thank you for that. The the mockbusters is fun. I got to pick up a whole bunch bunch of fun little pictures. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there's no end. There's no end to them. Uh, you know, and, and you can even go back and you know look at things like Mac and Me and stuff like that. And uh, you know, there there was also there was like a uh, I think a French knockoff of E. T. called Extraterrestrial Visitors or something like that in '83. But uh, oh yeah. yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, tons of stuff, and of course, uh, Miles, uh, welcome. Uh, we're going, we're going in the way, way back machine with you tonight. Indeed, very far back. Oh, the, <laughs> that's the one thing about mankind—you can rely on there being some struggle somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all right, and uh, the struggle is real, Joe, with uh, the with uh, your pick tonight because he he uh, struggled with society and trying to make sense of it all. Yes, he did, and uh, and he did it in a genius fashion. And you know, I know we we covered uh, George Carlin last last year at this time, um, but uh, I thought it was worth revisiting him again, especially in light of recent news. Uh, you know that we've been yeah. exposed to from what do they call it, the Supremes? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I I thought. You know, George had a lot to say about conservatives and hypocrisy, and so I thought this was a good time to uh, to revisit some of his better uh, skits, uh, better better sets. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, George Dennis Patrick Carlin, born in Manhattan, New York City, May twelfth, nineteen thirty-seven. He joined the Air Force, trained as a radar technician. Could you believe this? He was wow. stationed in Louisiana and began working as a disc jockey at the radio station KJO, KJOE. <laughs> During his time in the Air Force, he, of course, was court-martialed three times Oy. and reserved the general discharge. On July 29th, he seven, labeled an unproductive airman. I can't 
Anyway. Shocking. To me. Within weeks of arriving in California, uh, Carlin and his comedy partner, Jack Burns, which I'm sure you would recognize if you saw a picture. Mm -hmm. He was also a famous comedian back in the late 50s, 60s. Put together, they put together an audio tape and created uh, uh, an act called the Wright Brothers, uh, which was a morning show on KDAY in Hollywood. And later, uh, and this this sort of harkens back to a Carol Burnett a little bit, when he was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, he requested that uh, it be placed in front of the KDAY studio at the corner of Sunset Boulevard and Vine Street. Sort of like what uh, uh, Carol Burnett did when she wanted her star in front of the theater where she was fired. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he did a similar thing. Uh, And in the 1960s, Carlin began appearing on television, variety shows all over the place where he played a stupid radio disc jockey. And one of my favorite characters of his, the hippie dippy weatherman, clip one. What's happening? K Pasa! K, what you call your Pasa? Al Sleet here, you hippy dippy weather man, with all the hippy dippy weather, man. Brought to you by Parsons Pest Control. Do you have termites, water bugs, and roaches? Well, Parsons will help you get rid of the termites and water bugs and help you smoke the roaches. (laughs) Temperature at the airport is 88 degrees, which is stupid, man, because I don't know anybody who lives at the airport. (laughs) Now, if you'll take a look at our national weather map, you'll see that we don't have one. So try to picture last night's map in your mind. Remember all the letters and lines, all them little numbers. The weather is dominated by a large Canadian low, which is not to be confused with a Mexican high. (laughs) Tonight's forecast, dark. Continued dark tonight turning to partly light in the morning. (laughs) Oh, Al Al got out of the weather business when he realized he had given the the final weather forecast. He had given the ultimate forecast. There was nowhere to go. You know, when there's nothing left to conquer in your field, hey, it's time to leave. And old Al had given the ultimate forecast. He told us, he said one night, that the weather will continue to change on and off for a long, long time. And he was gone for a God bless Al. <laughs> That's funny. Well, that puts a pin in the weather. Anyway, uh, over the in the 50s and 60s, Carlin becomes a frequent performer, guest host on The Tonight Show with Jack Parr as host at first, and then with Johnny Carson. And he became one of Carson's most frequent substitutes during Carson's three decades. Uh, He was present at Lenny Bruce's arrest for obscenity, (coughs) excuse me, as the police began attempting to detain members of the audience for questioning. They asked Carlin for his identification, 
And he told the police he didn't believe in government IDs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was arrested and taken to jail with Bruce in the same vehicle. Uh, in the early 1970s, that would have been a great trip. Don't you think? Yeah, it would have yeah. in, in the paddy wagon with George Carlin and Lenny Bruce. Yeah, yeah I'd like definitely. In the early 1970s, Carlin predicted his well-known seven, uh, perfected his uh, well-known seven dirty word routine. And on July 31st, 1972, he was arrested after performing this routine at Milwaukee's Summerfest and charged with violating obscenity laws. Uh, and in 1973, a man complained to the FCC that after listening with his son to a similar routine, filthy words, uh, from Carlin's occupation, Fool, which was broadcast one afternoon over radio station WBAI. So let's hear that clip. Well, in, in looking for these words, I kept finding new categories. And all I could think of was shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. That was my original list. I knew it wasn't complete, but it was a starter set. You know? <laughs> Shit, piss, fuck. Yes, WBAI is the one who played them. It was WBAI. And uh, they received a citation from the FCC for violating regulations that prohibit broadcasting obscene material. Of all things. In December 2003, uh, a representative, Doug Osi, a Republican, of course, from California, introduced H.R. 3687 to outlaw the broadcast of Carlin's Seven Dirty Words. Do you believe this? Wow. This is what congressmen were doing back then, as if they're not doing stupid things now. Yeah, really. Uh, but George Carlin didn't have much use for politicians, as you can tell like this congressman. And, uh, well, he expressed it in a rant of his own in clip three. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to do you any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here. Like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall. 
scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. <laughs> so I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people, and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day, I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is when I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he shares a, a sentiment I, I always uh, adhere to, is that it's not the politicians because they come from us. It's it's us. <laughs> it's us. It's yeah. the stupid public. But uh, I do not agree with the not voting part. No, I, I mean, don't I, either. I, 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 I don't agree with that. You have to vote. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, you have to participate. But I understand the frustration. Okay, I, I do understand. Oh, that. I do too. <laughs> you know, but uh, yes, you have to you have to do it because it's all we got. Um, he especially disliked, as you could tell, politicians, but he hated the ones that pontificated on being pro-life when everything they did didn't seem pro-life, uh, like in clip four. And here you go. get back to this abortion shit. Now, is a fetus a human being? This seems to be the central question. Well, if a fetus is a human being, how come the census doesn't count them? If a fetus is a human being, how come when there's a miscarriage, they don't have a funeral? If a fetus is a human being, how come people say we have two children and one on the way, instead of saying we have three children? People say life begins at conception. I say life began about a billion years ago, and it's a continuous process. <laughs> continuous just keeps rolling along. Rolling, rolling, rolling along. I say, you know something? Listen, you can go back further than that. What about the carbon atoms? Huh? <laughs> Human life could not exist without carbon. So is it just possible that maybe we shouldn't be burning all this coal? <laughs> just looking for a little consistency here in these anti-abortion arguments. 
See, the really hardcore people will tell you life begins at fertilization. Fertilization when the sperm fertilizes the egg, which is usually a few moments after the man says, gee, honey, I was going to pull out, but the phone rang and it startled me. <laughs> fertilization. But even after the egg is fertilized, it's still six or seven days before it reaches the uterus and pregnancy begins. And not every egg makes it that far. Eighty percent of a woman's fertilized eggs are rinsed and flushed out of her body once a month during those delightful few days she has. <laughs> they wind up on sanitary napkins, and yet they are fertilized eggs. So basically what these anti-abortion people are telling us is that any woman who's had more than one period is a serial killer. <laughs> Consistency! Consistency! Hey, hey, if they really want to get serious, what about all the sperm that are wasted when the state executes a condemned man and one of these pro-life guys who's watching comes in his pants, huh? Oh, yeah. Here's a guy standing over there with his jockey shorts full of little Vinnies and Debbies, and nobody's saying a word to that guy. Not every ejaculation deserves a name. Now... Speaking of consistency, Catholics, which I was until I reached the age of reason, Catholics, Catholics and other Christians are against abortions and they're against homosexuals. Well, who has less abortions than homosexuals? <laughs> Leave these fucking people alone, for Christ's sakes. Here is an entire class of people guaranteed never to have an abortion. And the Catholics and Christians are just tossing them aside. You'd think they'd make natural allies. Go look for consistency in religion. And speaking of my friends, the Catholics, when John Cardinal O'Connor of New York and some of these other cardinals and bishops have experienced their first pregnancies and their first labor pains and they've raised a couple of children on a minimum wage, then I'll be glad to hear what they have to say about abortion. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Enlightening, too. But, but, in the meantime, what they ought to be doing is telling these priests who took a vow of chastity to keep their hands off the altar boys. When Jesus said, suffer the little children, come unto me, that's not what he was talking about. There you go. Ouch. Complete Ouch. With Ouch. The, uh, complete with the uh, Larry David music. I sort of spliced <laughs> that in on Audacity. <laughs> oh, look at who's playing with Audacity, huh? Yeah, did you like that? Yeah, yeah. It sort of spliced in a little da 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 music in there. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, of course, uh, you know George, he wasn't always uh, fuming about politics. Uh, he had time to point out some of the really silly things that we do and say from time to time, and he had a a really funny rant. I thought we'd close uh, this segment out with. Clip number five on uh, silly things we all say. Here we go. 
And this next thing, this next thing is about the English language. It's about little expressions we use. We, we all say and the little sayings and expressions that we use all the time, most of us. And we never really seem to examine these expressions very carefully at all. We just sort of say these things as if they really made sense. Like, legally drunk. Well, if it's legal, what's the fucking problem? <laughs> hey, leave my friend alone, officer. He's legally drunk. <laughs> you know you can stick it. Well, why do we always assume everyone knows where they can stick it? Suppose you don't know. Suppose you're a new guy. <laughs> you have absolutely no idea where to stick it. I think there ought to be a government booklet entitled, Where to Stick It. <laughs> now that I think of it, I believe there is a government booklet like that. They sent it to you on April 15th. <laughs> undisputed heavyweight champion. Well, if it's undisputed, what's all the fighting about? <laughs> It's the quiet ones you gotta watch. You know that one, eh? Every time you see a story about a serial killer on TV, what do they do? They bring on the neighbor. And the neighbor says, well, he was always very quiet. And someone in the room says, it's the quiet ones you gotta watch. This sounds to me like a very dangerous assumption. I will bet you anything that while you're watching a quiet one, a noisy one will fucking kill you. <laughs> Suppose you're in a bar and one guy's sitting over on the side reading a book, not bothering anybody. Another guy's standing at the front with a machete, banging it on the bar, saying, I'll kill the next motherfucker who comes in here. Who are you going to watch? You're goddamn right. Takes the cake. You know, I'd say, boy, he really takes the cake. Where? Where do you take a cake? To the movies? <laughs> you know where I would take a cake? Down to the bakery to see the other cakes. <laughs> and how come he takes the cake? How come he don't take the pie? Pie is easier to carry than the cake. Easy as pie. Hey, wait. Cake is not too hard to carry either. Piece of cake. <laughs> The greatest thing since sliced bread. So this is it, huh, folks? Couple of hundred thousand years. The fucking pyramids, for Christ's sakes. Panama Canal, the Great Wall of China. Even a lava lamp. <laughs> to me, is greater than sliced bread. What's so great about sliced bread? You got a knife, you got a loaf of bread, slice the fucking thing! <laughs> Walking papers. You know, guy gets fired. They say, geez, poor guy. Well, they give him his walking papers today. Did you ever get any walking papers? Seriously? Believe me, in my life, I got fired a lot of times. You can tell. <laughs> Never got any walking papers. Never got a pink slip either. You know what I would get? A guy would come around to my desk and say, Get the fuck out of here! 
<laughs> you don't need paper for that. It's like the riot act. The riot act. They keep telling you they're going to read that to you. Have you heard this thing at all? Especially when you're a kid, they threaten you. You wait your father comes home, he's going to read you the riot act. Tell him I already read it myself. And I didn't like it either. I consider it wordy and poorly thought out. He wants to read me something. How about the gentleman's guide to the golden age of blowjobs? More than happy. I bet you say that sometimes, don't you? Once in a while, you say to somebody, Oh, I'd be more than happy to do that. How can you be more than happy? To me, this sounds like a dangerous mental condition. <laughs> we had to put Dave in the mental home. He was... Whoa, more than happy. <laughs> One more of these. In your own words. People say that to you. You know, when you, when you hear that a lot in a classroom or in a courtroom, they'll say to you, tell us in your own words. <laughs> Do you have your own words? <laughs> hey, I'm using the ones everybody else has been using. <laughs> Next time they tell you to say something in your own words, say, Nick Flut Blarney Quando Flu. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Good stuff. <laughs> Nick Barfarby Blue. <laughs> well, uh, George left us too early, at the age of seventy-one. Wow. Yeah. And after a three-decade battle with heart problems, uh, he had several heart attacks, so many things. Uh, but. You know, actually, tonight, after our show, <laughs> you could tape it. Tonight, you can enjoy a great documentary about his life uh, and a life of a great philosopher, right, on HBO Max. So if you get HBO Max, they're running a new documentary tonight uh, on HBO Max. So uh, give it a look. And I always have great admiration for the great philosopher, George Carlin. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, um, so you said the documentary just came out? It, it's, it was just produced, and they're premiering it tonight. Nice. Yes, on HBO uh, Max. Yes. Very good. Looks very good. Yeah, and it's got a great cast, too. A it lot of does. his friends and stuff. It yep, and does. his daughter. Yep. Yes, yes. All right. Well, sounds good. Thank you for that, Joe. So we're going to go ahead and get right into the break. Uh, and uh, we've got a new mythical moment from Mr. one Mr. Adam Hebert coming your way. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll play those seven words again right before. It. So we'll be right back. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. For Radio for Humans, and it came from Cleveland, this is Adam Hebert with Mythical Moment number 34, Tanuki. They've got big chutzpah. 
As I have stated before here, Japan has a long history of colorful monsters in their folklore mythology. Similar in nature to the Kitsune is the Tanuki or Bakadanuki. Please note that there really is a creature native to Japan known as the Tanuki or Japanese raccoon dog. However, this being mythical moment, we'll be looking into the Baka Danuki, the fanciful and supernatural version of the animal. It's a common saying in Japan that a kitsune can shapeshift into seven different forms, but a tanuki has eight. This saying establishes that the tanuki has superior shapeshifting skills. Unlike the kitsune, however, tanukis are not typically portrayed as evil. Rather, they tend to be portrayed in comic terms. They can shapeshift into a wide variety of forms, both those of objects and of people. In one story, a tanuki shapeshifted into the shape of a tea kettle that was later bought by a Buddhist monk. Rather than running away once he was found out, likely by shrieking horribly as he was filled with water and put on the fire to boil, he remained with the monk, becoming his loyal friend and tea-making receptacle for years. Another common trait of tanukis in folklore is their comically large bellies. It is said that tanukis love to use their pudgy stomachs as drums, beating them to create the sound of pompoko or ponpon. Tanukis are widely considered to be the source of the tanuki bayashi, a mysterious drumming sound said to be one of the seven mysteries of Hanjo, a ward of Edo, now known as Tokyo. And now, my friends, we get to what is likely the most famous feature of tanukis. Their bellies aren't the only part of them known for being large and oversized. You see, folks, tanuki are known primarily for having extremely large testicles or scrotums. You did not mishear that. Tanuki do, in fact, traditionally have lots of chutzpah. So famous are they for this particular trait that there is a common song among school children about tanukis that mentions this feature of their anatomy. Here it is. Tan tan tanuki no kintama wa kaze mo nai no ni bura bura. In English, it reads as Tan Tan Tanuki's balls, even without the wind, they swing, swing. It is said that a Tanuki's testicles or scrotum are symbols of wealth, and the term King Tama literally translates as golden balls or golden orbs. This stems from the tradition of using the pelts of real Tanukis by goldsmiths to turn gold nuggets into gold leaf during the Kamakura period of Japanese history. In early modern and modern Japan, tanuki imagery has become almost standardized, with most portrayals of the supernatural creatures having these same features with minor deviations depending on the rendering artists and the region of Japan they hail from. However, there is truly nothing small about these empish creatures, and everything about their modern portrayal tends to be exaggerated to some effect. The typical statue of a tanuki will traditionally have eight traits. A large hat to be ready to protect from bad weather. Big eyes to perceive the environment and make sound decisions. A large bottle of sake that represents virtue. A big tail that symbolizes a steadfast, strong nature to continue going until success is achieved an oversized scrotum that symbolizes financial luck, a large paper or promissory note that represents confidence and faith, a big belly that symbolizes decidedness that is both calm and bold, and finally, a big friendly smile. It is because of these eight traits that most of the time, the sake bottles they hold have the symbol for eight, or hachi in Japanese, etched or painted on them. With those traits, it's hard to see tanukis in a negative light. I challenge everyone listening to look deep inside yourselves and find the tanuki living inside of you. I know you can do it! I believe in you! Before I wrap this week's segment up, I would just like to take a moment to remind our listeners that next Wednesday, I will be hosting the annual Radio for Humans Tal Day tribute to Douglas Adams, the creator of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Grab your favorite towel, mix a couple of pan-galactic gargle blasters, 
Put a Babel fish in your ear and join me at 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, May 25th for the primary and secondary phases of the legendary BBC radio production of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, as well as related music and some behind-the-scenes information. And remember, whatever you do, don't panic. Back to you, Kenny. Background music is Medieval Fantasy Adventure by Alexander Nakarada, who can be found at www.serpentsoundstudios.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks, Alexander. Alcohol is a lubricant for the devil. Sure do, and I'm just about due for an oil change. Yeah, me too, Grady, me too. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to it. And, of course, it came from Cleveland. Not that came from Cleveland. That's the mock buster version of the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just thought of that. And, of course, uh, thank you, Joe, for the uh, hilarious Carlin clips. Very good. Are you about to become legally drunk? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, what's the problem? He's legally drunk. Yeah, what well, is the problem? Uh, and, uh, Michelle, very much looking forward to your, uh, segment. You've got a really good one. Oh, we're gonna have fun. Yeah. And, Miles, uh, time to get in the, the Wayback Machine. Um, actually, here, I've got, uh, I got, a, I got an old thing, uh, uh, that I used to use okay. a little uh, Bob Odenkirk uh, clip uh, for you from Mr. Show. There you go. <laughs> Fair enough. So. <laughs> yes. Um. So what inspired me to uh, do this story is uh, I, I knew about the battle. I didn't really know when I would want to talk about it, but something happened recently. That inspired me to uh, talk about it. So I will talk about it, and then I'll talk about what inspired me. So let's dial the calendar back all the way to the 13th century. So this is, this is uh, yeah, way back in the, you know, it's like after the Dark Ages. But, yeah, mankind is still, like, pretty stupid. Anyway, there's... Uh, uh, we're talking England and Great Britain, um, which it wasn't. Um, it wasn't uh, uh, Great Britain at the time. It was just Britain <laughs> because uh, back in the 13th uh, century, the Scots uh, really weren't that keen about being ruled by the British. Oh now, no! This, yeah, no. Go figure. You know, it's almost like you know, a conquered people. They they were they were resentful or something. So uh, the, the Scots had their own king, and they had uh, back in the day in twelve eighty six, they had a king Alex the Alexander the third, and by all accounts, he was um, decent, good king for his people. And on the 18th of March, 
1286. He was riding home to meet his wife, Margaret. And a storm came through the land and caused him to get separated from his compatriots as he was riding. Mm. Oh, so, uh, yeah, something, you know, either, uh, I don't, I, uh, I, I, uh, the details are sketchy as to, you know, from something that happened so way back when, uh, so we could, we could speculate, you know, um, uh, maybe a horse was startled or the weather that was pouring down so hard that they just, you know, broke up or, you know, some were mm-hmm. taking shelter, who knows. But uh, the following morning, he was found dead on the shore of a river with a broken neck. So uh, all accounts are that he died from falling off of his horse. So, yeah, he had a 36-year reign. So he uh, he had a good run. And uh, but that was, yeah, it, it his death caused a 10 year turmoil of where um, th- who would replace him would be um, d- determined because his wife Margaret died, his two sons died. And he had a, a single daughter named Margaret, and she was married off to a Norwegian prince or king. So she wasn't even in Scotland. She was over in Norway. Okay. And so um, she also didn't have a good, um, <laughs> I guess you could call it uh the curse of that family because she died in childbirth, um, giving birth to another daughter. Yeah. Um, dying in childbirth was pretty common back then. I mean, it was like, this is before, you know, diseases were really understood. And so, uh, it, it, it was, it was actually, it's, a, it's, it's sad to think of it now and, and, and just horrifying, but that is actually, one of the ways they considered killing your wife was by getting her pregnant. Wow. Because she would have, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's dark. That's that's the, it is very, so she died in childbirth and her daughter also named Margaret was three years old when Alexander the third died. And so being a a three-year-old, she could not rule that's obviously, you know, and so six uh, Scottish nobles were chosen to be regents to rule Scotland and keep the peace as, until she was old enough to take over. Now, uh, there was an individual that was in charge of Britain at the time, and this name may sound familiar to some of you, and his name was uh, Edward Longshanks. And yeah, that yes, does sound uh, vaguely familiar, yeah. It's it's the same Longshanks. If you've seen the movie Braveheart with Mel ah. Gibson, that, that racist, uh, yeah, King Longshanks, uh, the, the British uh, king, was a very shrewd politician and tactician and leader of London, and he coveted the Scottish lands, and he wanted them to be part of the British 
Empire. Um, not that Britain was an empire at the time. It, 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 it really wasn't. But anyway, he wanted it. And so he would kind of, he, he, he had his designs on it. And so he went, he had a son, which in the movie is uh, portrayed as being quite um, uh, in, in, happy with the, uh, uh, the same sex, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to the church, the, the Catholic church, and went to the um, king of Norway and went and talked to some of the Scottish nobles. And he said he offered a um, deal. Uh, a, a tr- you know, he's like, "Hey, talk about trying to make some stability here, you know, because you know uh, what he was offering was that this little daughter that was very slowly coming of age be married to his son and thereby create stability." You know, because that that was quite common to marry off your children to other royal families to create peace between nations. Yeah. And so, with all this uh, political maneuvering, uh, young Margaret, who uh, was born in Norway, it was the, the the deal was made, and so Margaret, at the grand old age of seven years old was put on a ship and the ship started making its way over to Scotland. And, um, some accounts are that the, um, the ship had like 28 pounds of gingerbread on it to help keep the, uh, the seven year old, you know, satisfied because, you know, it was a very posh ship. I, it it had, uh, you know, for, for (laughs) carrying, carrying individuals, yeah, there is no um, uh, in the research I did. Uh, there was no indication of what her cause of death was, but she died three days before the ship made it to shore. Ooh, before it docked. So now, all this little maneuvering or whatever. I mean, we could speculate that Longshanks Shanks had an agent or paid somebody off to offer, you know, because now. With her dead, all kinds of there are fifteen separate individuals all trying to claim the throne of Scotland, and uh, one of them actually happened to be the old father, <laughs> her father from Norway, which he was sort of like claiming reverse um, um, inheritance, I guess you might say. <laughs> oh god. That 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 claim didn't work. <laughs> yeah. I uh so there's all these individuals, you know, making um a run and Longshanks uh, being the shrewd individual he was was chosen to be the arbitrator of who would be in charge. And he had a secret deal. He reached nine of these 15 claimants for the throne and made a deal with them that they would pledge their loyalty to him. He would back them if he, if they, you know, swore, you know, their, their fealty to him. Mm -hmm. 
and um, the uh, some others did not. And uh, one of the others that did not was an individual we would know as William Wallace, a man who has fire coming out of his eyes, pisses lightning, and shits thunder, as the movie goes. Anyway, um, he chooses a king, and it doesn't... Eh, it's basically insulting to the Scots how Longshanks um, basically makes this guy his puppet. And so this doesn't go over well, and the Scots rebelled in uh, 1292. And uh, they allied with France, because France is a well-known antagonist of uh, Britain. Um, you know, all the major countries in Europe at that time would would, you know, Spain, Germany, France, you know, they would all just go to war with each other at the drop of a hat for for whatever reasons, usually having to do with territory and or, you know, uh, merchant uh, uh, dealings. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Scottish Rebellion, the, the British uh, uh, army was pretty powerful. It wasn't really anything. And Longshanks attacked... He sent an army up north and attacked a place called Berwick. And from what I'm understanding, he slaughtered the town. About six to 7,000 civilians put to the sword or hung or slaughtered or however you want to put it. Men, mm -hmm. women, children, everything. Dead. He, uh, the, the, the level of genocide, the atrocity of this, it, you know, can't be understated. It's, it's uh, Longshanks is a monster. By every stretch of the uh, of the of the word. So, um, with this atrocity, the Scots capitulate. They're like, "Whoop! No, all right, that's it. Whoop, they they surrender." You know, there, there's just you know no fighting against the superior our uh, army like this. That no no Scots is willing to go up against it, and so peace is held for yet another five years, and then in twelve ninety seven. The Scots rebel again, and this rebellion is led by William Wallace. Now, William Wallace, uh, true to the movie, if you uh, for those that have watched Braveheart, there was a sheriff of Lanark, and there was an incident, and the wife of William Wallace um, was involved, and she was uh, uh, charged with. Um, assisting the uh, in a little infighting or, or minor scuffle that had happened. And she was um, summarily raped and killed. Oh. Yeah. God. And so William Wallace... Picked a real feel-good uh, story for us tonight, Miles. Go ahead. <laughs> I wish history could be kinder. I, I, yeah. I don't want to uh, make it... I don't want to be accused of making things, you know, uh, whitewashing, I guess is the term. You know, history is horrible, and uh, I think it needs to be remembered, even in its horribleness, so it's not repeated. But, so this sheriff, um, um, William Wallace, gathers up 30 men, storms Lanark, defeats the British uh, forces there, drags the uh, sheriff out into the street, and kills him. And then he doesn't stop there. He starts taking these 30 men and starts going after other British um, 
strong points and yeah. killing them. I mean, he is a he he was training for the priesthood, but and and one of the things that he was very strong about was uh, in in his beliefs was freedom. And uh, yeah, he did not like the way the British were ruling over them, and so he he. He he was yeah he was a very powerful, strong re rebeller and just killing Brits, and word, <laughs> you know it's not like back in the day it's not like back then they had a telegrapher and just you know just like hey here's a message no 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 somebody ran or ride, rode it on horse eventually word would get back to Longshanks all the way back in London, and the news was so bad that Longshanks had trouble believing it he's like. No, the Scots doing this now, and he sent a bishop, I guess that he trusted or whatever, to ride north and confirm it. You know, because clergy was a bit. You know, you don't mess with the clergy. That's bad. You don't. You just don't do it because you know religion still had its hooks into everybody. So, bishop goes up, confirms. Yep, these bad stories are true. You're losing people, and so. Uh, Longshanks gets an army together and sends them up to a place called De Bruce. Now, the Scottish nobles at this place had a force of men, and they were larger than the British force, but the British had heavy cavalry. Heavy cavalry is, back in the day, the equivalent of modern tanks. They are the men that rode around in plate armor and had powerful, you know, broadswords, longswords, and and lances and what have you. They, uh, yeah, they were the very mobile because they were on horses and they could strike fear and, you know, it hit hard. And, and uh, infantry really didn't do too well against them. Mm -hmm. And so even, uh, so the Scots considered themselves, even though they outnumbered the British, they felt that their army couldn't stand up to the British cavalry. And so they surrendered. They didn't even fight. They were just like, "Whoop, we surrender," and that was that for the for that little part of it. So, the the Brits are moving north, and at the time, Wallace is at Dundee, and he hears about the Brits sending a force north, and he Wallace was currently uh, sieging Dundee. This is a place that was um, held by the Brits. He stopped the siege and marched his forces south to Stirling. And there's a little uh, small church there and on top of a hill. And he, that's where he mustered his forces, gathered them all. And he had the high ground. And he was looking down over the river in Stirling. And there was a wooden bridge that wasn't that wide. It was wide enough for two men to walk abreast at the same time. That's that's all the wider this bridge was. And there were Scottish nobles that were siding with the British and said, hey, um, we're going to offer it. Let us go over and talk to Wallace, and we'll see if we can just, you know, uh, negotiate this whole thing out, and we'll avoid bloodshed, and blah, blah, blah. And the Brits are like, okay, go ahead. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you, you know. Go talk to him. So the, the, the Scottish nobles went to William Wallace, and William Wallace said, no. <laughs> There's a great okay. quote. I should find it if I can. But basically, William Wallace said, no. 
we're not here to negotiate. We're here to fight. Basically, was the uh, the, the message. So the 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 um, Scottish nobles had to leave. They're like, we're going to go off and go get our own men. There was a brouhaha. It didn't go well. The, some some a British soldier was injured. And they wanted to execute the uh, uh, Scottish nobles, and and the and the guy in charge of the British went, yeah. No, nah, no, nah. let them go and see if they bring their people back. We'll just and we'll we'll, we'll get meet out justice later. Anyway, the vanguard of the heavy cavalry was sent over the bridge, and uh, there 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 was this area of land where uh, once you're over the bridge, you're surrounded by the river. It's like a, a cul-de-sac, a bend in the river, and you got river water on three sides of you. Water to the rear, water to the left, water to the right. And you go up the hill towards this little church. That's where all the Scots uh, infantry was. And so the, uh, the, I, the, the story is sort of like the vanguard then retreated. You went back across the bridge. And then the Brits like knighted some nobles to make more cavalry i guess or more officers they okay. sent the vanguard back over the bridge then they sent more people to negotiate and then the vanguard came back across the bridge as a, 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 it's all the the vanguard went across the bridge three times and eventually william wallace is just sta sitting up there and he's just watching all this happen and eventually the vanguard Get sent because William Wallace basically tells negotiators to go stuff themselves. Mm -hmm. And now the British um, guy in charge, he's also the treasurer. And so he knows how expensive it is to field an army. And so he wants this done and done with. His advisors tell him, look, we can send some of the cavalry down south. There's a way to cross the river. Just let them cross the river. They'll sweep around, they'll take them from behind. Boom, done. You know, it, it's it. And he's like, yeah, it's going to take too long. No, he shoots the idea down. I'm not doing that. We're just going to use the bridge. So <laughs> they start they start marching this heavy cavalry unit back across the bridge. And now William Wallace is watching, and he waits right up and until the British, half the British forces on his side of the river and half the British forces still on the other side of the river. And that's when he orders his men to attack. And they come swarming down the hill. And the infantry have these long, 18-foot-long pikes. In the movie, they use, like, saplings or whatever, just sharpened sticks on the end, which... Yeah. Eh. But no, there are pikemen. These are weapons that are designed to make a phalanx and present a very pointy thing. And they go rushing down the hill before the vanguard has a chance to organize itself. The men, uh, the, a lot of the pikemen rush and take the, the bridge. They stop reinforcements from coming over. And now the entire um, vanguard of the British, uh, the half of the army that's on the, on the <laughs> William Wallace's side of the river is surrounded. And they are getting stabbed and pummeled and beaten up by the the this overwhelming scottish force to, to uh to put it bluntly they died there were very few survivors i mean we're talking out of a force of i don't know 
200, 500, however many they sent, like only a dozen men survived. It was a butchering. Now, imagine being the British forces on the south side of the river, watching your fellow uh, countrymen on their big badass horses in their big badass armor, uh, fighting and getting swarmed, getting pulled down off their horses and stabbed and killed and decimated. This is not the kind of thing that inspires confidence or like, yeah, let's go get revenge. No, they turned tail and high yield. They, 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 they fled. They fled the field completely. They just like, oh, we're leaving. And that was it. <laughs> and they fled all the way back to the next rally point or fortress where they could, you know, uh, regather and what have you. Yeah. So that's the story of Sterling Bridge. How uh, it really in the the movie um, uh, Braveheart really doesn't do this fight justice. It it it's it doesn't. Yeah, it shows charges, uh, horses charging and getting butchered, but it's not um, not uh, not historically accurate at all. And thank you, Mel Gibson, for butchering that, as well as like in your Patriot War movie where you blew the cow pen story up he didn't do that right either but i understand for the cinematic purposes but i mean historically he, speaking, he did make a torture porn with jesus no oh, yeah uh, which i haven't seen but uh, I i'm, haven't I'm sure it's i'm sure it's equally accurate historically speaking so uh the reason i wanted to talk about this story is recently we had an event happen over in ukraine where the Russians in Donbass, a tank battalion was going to build a pontoon bridge to put their forces over the river in order to assault a Ukrainian city, capture it, perform an encirclement maneuver, and once the Ukrainian forces are encircled, they'll eventually starve them out, wear them down, run out of ammo, you know, and then they'll surrender. Boo! Great victory. That's the plan. Well, they built they build this pontoon bridge. They get about six across. They get about a hundred men across it, and they're taking vehicles a- across. And then the Ukrainians are like, "Yeah, yeah, enough of them have crossed the water. Okay, let's start firing." And artillery starts blasting everything in the area. And I have I'm going to share a picture real quick. But the pontoon bridge is absolutely uh, decimated. It's estimated uh, they lost about a thousand troops and the um, and up to 70 vehicles. That's uh, uh, and so um, <laughs> the, there's the, the, the picture I'm about to show is going to have uh, you'll see the bridge just utterly gutted. And every yellow box is a vehicle or a cluster of vehicles that's destroyed. There it is. Wow, nice. They said, uh, yeah, it's estimated they lost 70 vehicles and, uh, you know, a thousand men. It's just a total decimation. There's vehicles you can see half submerged in the water. BMPs, those are the uh, troop carriers and what have you. So uh, there you go. That's That's what recently happened, like on May 11th. Uh, because the uh, the Ukrainians just watched the, the Russians building this bridge and just waited for them to send just enough half over so that they they could t- 
just to you know attack this force with them half stuck on one side and half stuck on another and just totally obliterate the entire thing. Uh, uh, good for so. them. Good for them. That's the that's oh, absolutely. What I yeah, like the Russians hear. got got that coming and a lot more coming. Oh yeah, and, because uh, I will... there's no end. There's no end to the uh, weaponry that they're going to be given by NATO forces. You know. Oh, so. the M triple seven artillery system. The Russian artillery system has a range of about twenty five kilometers, which is about eh, twelve to fifteen miles. The M triple seven is a forty kilometer range weapon and that's more like 27 miles that's that's good stuff that's a big big difference in uh uh range and yeah. so the russians are are going to be feeling it uh they're already feeling it that those then triple sevens are over there maybe someone can find a picture i'll, I'll try and find a when picture all of those russian mother's sons don't come home they might start to believe what a butcher Putin is. Oh God! The stories I could tell. The, the yeah. Ukrainians are using face recognition on the corpses of Russian troops and contacting their families back inside Russia, saying, "Wow, your son's dead." Yeah, it's bad. Oof. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We need to get going to the break. Uh, but when we come back, we will pass the torch to Michelle. She's got a one heck of a celebrity uh, birthday to talk about tonight. Very fun. Oh, yeah. So, and I think you'll like my short clip for the intro, too. So we'll be right back with lots more. It came from Cleveland right after this. I'm going to get another beer. How dry I am. How dry I am. Nobody cares. How dry I am. And now, on with the show. It's going to be a good night. It came from Cleveland, Ohio. A land of strange rituals. The savage horrors of fearsome mutated beasts. Back from the dead. Kept alive by experimental science. Science runs amok when human beings tamper with unknown forces. Cut the power! Now at last, the real shocking story can be told. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. A nightmare combination of shock and terror, and you're invited. A foolish undertaking. Something evil. Times are changing. Ladies can do stuff now. You're gonna have to learn how to deal with it. Huh? Not recommended for impressionable children. Little clip from uh, his cameo in uh, Ron Burgundy, Anchorman. Very nice. And, uh, ladies can do stuff now. We can have to deal with it. <laughs> so, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, speaking of ladies who can do stuff, welcome back, Michelle. Very excited about your uh, segment and the upcoming trailer break because that one's—they're both—they're both really super fun this week. And um, of course, uh, thank you, Miles, for. Uh, that very interesting story. And again, you know, uh, history repeats itself, and uh, I'm glad it uh, was repeated on the Russians. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, and uh, and of course, Joe, thank you for the uh, the wise words from George Carlin. Always fun. Yeah, definitely. And it's not like there's a shortage of material, right? No, so. not with him. <laughs> nope, nope. He uh, 
you know, I mean, you could probably make an encyclopedia with George Carlin, uh, uh, rants and opinions and jokes. Oh, I'd love to hear what he had to say today. Oh boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Michelle, welcome and, uh, please, uh, please proceed. I got all your clips all lined up and, uh, tell us who you're talking about tonight. All right. We are talking about the infamous bad guy that everybody everybody has seen in dozens of movies his look just cannot be duplicated but he's also a really really sweet guy which is amazing considering his upbringing a mr danny trejo um he's an he's an amazing man um he was born um in echo park los angeles on may 16th 1944 to Alice Rivera and Dan Trejo, a, co a construction worker. Now, his uh, American dream uh, as a child was more like an American nightmare. Um, he was living in a bad part of California. He, um, at a young age, became a drug addict and a criminal. Uh, he was in and out of jail for... 11 years Oof. from you know all sorts of you know convictions so back and forth back and forth and uh you know recidivist uh, you know re repeat stints are not uncommon and you know it was like it looked like he was never going to break that cycle yeah uh, um and he ended up serving time in san quentin Oof not a great place <laughs> it's yeah. like one of the most notorious prisons in the world charles manson yeah it's he was just it was it was you know and um so he needed an outlet and he you know he'd been used to you know being the heavy you know he he had uh you know his upbringing you know he had to fight for everything so um he uh decided to take up boxing when he was in prison and um he won the lightweight and, and welterweight boxing titles nice um he was in prison because for armed robbery and drug offenses so that that's a pretty hefty uh, a bit of a, a, a sentencing to have on your card there you know and um so during the time he was in prison, he completed a 12-step rehabilitation program that changed his life um, because, you know, he addicted to cocaine and that sort of thing. Um, when he was speaking at a Cocaine Anonymous meeting in 1985, he met a young man who later called him for support. Trejo went to meet him at what turned out to be the set of one runaway tra train in 1985. Trejo was immediately offered a role as a convict extra, probably because of his tough tattooed appearance. Also on that set was a screenwriter who did time with Trejo and San Quentin. Um, the director, Andre uh, Kon Konkolowski, I think his name is, okay. saw, Tre uh, yeah, saw Trejo training Eric Roberts and immediately offered him a featured role as Roberts' opponent in the film. Old Eric Sorry. Roberts. 
old uh, talking cat, Eric Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's cool is this is his introduction into film, and and here is here's uh, his own words on how it went. My name is Danny Trejo, and uh, I'm going to go through my IMDb right here. Do you have any idea what your first listed credit is, according to IMDb? First official gig was Runaway Train. Eddie Bunker knew I used to box. We need somebody to train one of the actors how to box. And I said, what's it pay? And he says, three twenty dollars a day. I'll never forget that, three twenty dollars a day. I said, how bad do you want this guy beat up? When I saw <laughs> my first check, I'll never forget. This is more money than I ever made in a robbery. Right there, I said, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's funny hearing it in his words. Um, I'm going to give credit to Funny or Die. Um, that's their little thing. They take actors yeah. and they go through their IMDb with them to make sure the facts are okay, you know, and have yeah. have a good, nice little interview based on their movies and stuff. I do love that. I do love that when you know there's there's other other places will check uh, like fact check Wikipedia and stuff like that with actors and musicians and stuff. Yep. And so, you know, from there, he started having bit parts in movies because he had a very definitive look. And, you know, when, you, when you're casting somebody, you want a, a you know, a, a Mexicana heavy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't you don't get more iconic looking than that. And so his first movie was in a little movie um, it, from 1987 called The Hidden. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell's him. I've worked homicide for 13 years. Now. I have never seen anything like this. You trying to tell me that she's part of this? Step out of the car slow! want answers and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some zoned out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people. We're talking spacemen here. Something gets in his way, he kills us. Finds a body. Gets inside, uses it to move around. Try for one on the tire. If you think this is easy, why don't you try it? Bye. I guess a career in the police didn't really prepare you for this, did it? The Hidden. You think it's over now? You're wrong. Actually, there's a little another David Lynch tie-in in that movie too. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, uh, the guy that, that plays, uh, I can never remember his name, you know, uh, the, 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 the FBI agent. Um, uh, uh, oh, you're talking about, um, yeah, 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 that's, uh, um, yeah. yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. The Dune guy, yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's in that movie, so. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, re- I do remember that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I didn't realize Danny Trejo was in it. I'll have to, I'll have to check that out again. It's a very small role, but he has an iconic line that you that may sound familiar. Let him tell you in his own words. Oh, there we go. The hidden. Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? That was an alien. He was shooting us in jail. The director said, Danny, yell something. Yo, Yo hippie, hippie, what, what kind, kind of dude, dude are you? <laughs> That's hysterical. I almost used that for the line because I went I went to YouTube uh, to find Danny Trejo scenes, um, and that was the first one, and I, I hadn't settled on one yet. And then I just decided to go with the this one from Anchorman because it was the length of it was better. Times are changing. Ladies can do stuff now, and you're gonna have to learn how to deal with that. What? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> what? <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just a small little it's a small little clip, but people know it, you know, and and that's <laughs> almost his entire part of the movie. You know, he may have yeah. another couple seconds, you know, before that or whatever, but it's not a very big part. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's hysterical. I want I want to hear that again. I'm going to play that clip. The hidden? Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? That was an alien. <laughs> he was shooting us in jail. The director said, "Danny, Yell something. Yo, Yo hippie, hippie! What, what kind, kind of dude, dude are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? <laughs> the guy really didn't look it's like a, a hippie either. He didn't look like a hippie either, but it's hysterical. So Yeah, he looked like just like an old businessman. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was funny. <laughs> um so Yeah, so he had little bit parts here and there, and one movie in particular. Uh, basically, to him, in his own words, it's how he knew he made it in movies. Guns with Eric Estrada and three different Playboy bunnies. That's when I knew I made it. (laughs) (laughs) What was the name of the movie? Guns or something, or uh, I forget what uh, the entire movie. I accidentally clipped it off. I'm sorry. That's okay. So, well, that's it's it's it doesn't matter. Eric Estrada and three Playboy bunnies. That's funny. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, hey. <laughs> so, and I just—it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, in you know, I don't know if you were going to mention it or not, but uh, and we we have time. We can go over because we don't have a ton of stuff for the end of the show. But um, it, it uh, if at some point, uh, you know, maybe afterwards, we could talk about his entrepreneurial uh, endeavors too. Oh yeah, I had a little note on that at the end of it. Um, cool. Yeah, cool. he's got some cool stuff going on. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's when he knew how he made it as an actor. Um, so IMDb also has another thing: they take the actor and they have him the, him look at the traits people list as what he is known for. Mm-hmm. And this is a this is a cool little part. Usually plays criminal in one form or another, assassin, prisoner, etc. That could be true. Very muscular, physical, with many tattoos, and no steroids. Long hair, often worn in a ponytail. Wow, these are pretty right on. A rough, scarred face. Yeah, we'll say that. Chicks dig scars. Mustache. 
the first time I was ever really interviewed. She says, Danny, don't you think you're being typecast? Oh, what, what do you mean? That's what? Well, you're always playing the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. And I thought about it. And I said, well, I am the mean Chicano dude with tattoos. <laughs> Go with what you got. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't make a good car salesman. Buy this or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Buy this or I'll kill you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm crying. <laughs> Yeah, I just love him. He has just got such, you know, he, he's got a great outlook, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just never not, you know, he doesn't take anything too seriously. And I appreci- I admire that because there's too many people who take things way too damn serious, you know? And yeah. for him to be like this after his upbringing, you know? Yeah. And, and the circumstances he found himself in. Yeah. He completely turned his life around, and that that's amazing. Um, but um, he has a funny story about when he was um, going going to uh, he was going to be in Desperado. Oh, great movie, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, follow yes. up to uh, follow up to. Um, oh my God! What was the, the the Spanish name? Was the guitar? Oh my God! Well, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll play it. Desperado. Wow, Robert Rodriguez. I walked into his office and he looked at me and said, wow, you look like the bad guys in my high school. And he just handed me a knife and said, here, twirl this. I got so good at twirling that knife, I got on a plane to Texas twirling that knife. I got a knife and I'm twirling it. Just went through the whole deal and nobody said sh- Yeah, El Mariachi. Well, El Mariachi is a great movie too from 92. And yes. uh, Desperado is a follow-up to it. Elmar actually basically put Robert Rodriguez on the map. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a trilogy. But uh, the original actor from Elmar Achi did not uh, uh, return to the role. It was given to Antonio Banderas. So yeah, and Trejo and and Rodriguez started a really um, a, a productive uh, relationship together. Oh because God, he's been yeah. in a bunch of his movies oh yeah well he was in um uh the uh was it planet terror uh was that the rodriguez one from the uh the the grindhouse double feature movie that yes and that's uh, where machete spun off yes and machete of course was also the villain in spy kids uh <laughs> which i find hysterical because there's like you know he was a bad guy. He was Machete and Spy Kids, but then they made that really hard-boiled, like you know, brutal uh, action film, Machete. And uh, but yeah, and it, well, the next one uh, obviously was uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tar- Tarantino working together again. Yes, it is, and let's roll it. Everybody, be cool. You be cool. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Profile. You understand the meaning of the words profile? Sure. Two of America's most dangerous criminals have taken hostages. What is this? It's called a punch. I'm going to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Yes. Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. One night is all that stands between them and freedom. This is my kind of place. But it's going to be one 
hell of a night. We might be in trouble. There are a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. Now, their only chance is to fight back. George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Juliet Lewis. Welcome to slavery. No thanks. I already had a wife. From dusk till dawn. And ironically, George Clooney's never married. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I remember that movie. I remember going to see it, and it was so fun because... It starts off a lot like a lot of other Quentin Tarantino movies, but it takes such a twist. Yes, you know? it does, and it has a lot of fame, a lot of fun people in it. It's got Selma Hayek, gorgeous lady. It's got uh, Cheech Marin, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. Danny Trejo. Uh, Tom, it's got Tom, Tom Savini. Tom Savini, of course. <laughs> I, knew, I, I, I knew you wouldn't forget to mention Tom Savini. But yeah, the love he, he, machine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's a really fun movie. I I uh, I don't think I've ever seen the sequel. I do have the sequel. Actually, I think I have one and two in a VHS lot in our store. Uh, but no, it's it's a great um, it's a it's a great fun movie. Even if you know nobody, you're not a big fan of horror. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff. Again, it has all the hard-boiled elements that Rodriguez and Tarantino are so good at. Um, and then, you know, it, it's just kind of offbeat, weird horror, which is just too fun, you know? Lots of special effects, lots of great acting, lots of fun little twists. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, Danny Trejo's no, you know, uh, 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 He's no stranger to, to vampire stuff. I mean, he was, um, he played, uh, he, he's in the, um, what we do in the dark, darkness. Oh, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, the t- the TV series. Um, he was in a, uh, a TV series called Blood Ties, which was based on a, um, uh, a vampire uh, as a, uh, in a, in a private eye, really, really cool little series. He played an ancient Incan god come to suck the city dry of souls. It was very cool. Um, he had lots of cameos, lots of creepy cameos. Um, but the thing about From Dust to Dawn that he was abs- he absolutely enjoyed was acting with Selma Hayek. Yeah. And that's the... Uh, that's the next the- anecdote, yes. Yeah, so... Sorry, eight. From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez, Selma Hayek. Oh, God, she's just like stunningly beautiful. You just want to stab yourself in the eyes and never look at anybody else. She's so <laughs> smart. She like disarms you immediately because you're looking at her and then the first thing you she goes, how's your mom? Well, <laughs> and you feel like such a rat. She asked me what I was doing for Thanksgiving. I said, uh, uh, you know, my kid's mom takes them for Thanksgiving, so. Yeah, nothing really. And you, I'd like to invite you over to my house. This lady was so nice. Thought I was gonna be alone for Thanksgiving. I met her brother. And no, that's so cool. Yeah, it's very neat. So, 
And he, 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 he did, you know, and, and, you know, he just, she just charmed him all over, you know? <laughs> I see that. So, and, uh, the, what a, what a way to be charmed, huh? Oh, heck yeah. She's a, st yeah. oh my. Yeah. Very, uh, drool worthy there. <laughs> for sure. Plus for she's sure. nice. I love, I, I love her. I, I love listening to her talk too. Mm. I just love her voice. So. Yeah, she there's a lot of great stuff she's been into, so, you know, uh it's just really interesting to see uh you know, hear stories about her too. Yeah, so Danny Trejo is doing all these movies, you know, and you know, he's in a lot of Quentin Tarantino stuff, uh, Rodriguez's stuff, and you know, then that uh, the Grindhouse film came out. And um he uh had uh there was a fake movie poster that was created for the Grindhouse. And one of the movies was Machete. And, you know, and then when it actually becomes realized, Danny Trejo finally had a movie that he got top billing on. He was number one on the cast list. That's great. And it's this movie called Machete. Federal agent. Ruled by a sense of destiny. Machete. I know what they did to your family. Machete. I know the legend. That's him. P.I.D.A. all rolled up in the war. He's coming after us. I will testify. And that was Cheech. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that was Cheech Marin. Uh, Marin. He's, he's got a very distinctive voice. Yes. Very cool way of enunciating words. It was a fun character, too. So, um, yeah, so this is, this, was Dan this is Danny's starring role. I mean, he's the man. They built this movie around him and his, you know, and, and tailored it to exactly fit his looks as who he was. Great story. Don Johnson plays a really crappy sheriff in this one. I mean, not, not crappy, crappy, an evil yeah. sheriff in this yeah, one. Yeah. You know, one of those those racist Texan type sheriffs mm -hmm. type. And yep. um, really great cast. 
And uh, one of the cast members had uh, Danny Trejo a little tongue-tied. And that's the next clip. So 2010, Machete. I mean, you've been in 100 movies by this point, but is this the first one where you're like, this is my movie? Robert De Niro was on it. I ran into him between two trailers, and I'm looking at him as, he's, he goes, you, hey, number one. And number one on the call sheet means it's your movie, right? I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what to say. I said, uh, could I get you some coffee, Mr. De Niro? <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. So I'm guessing there's a little, shell, little starstruck there, you know? <laughs> Oh, for certain, for certain. No, that's that's super cool. Yeah, I just love, he just seems so personal now. And you wouldn't, you know, j just by, if you were just listening to him and stuff, you wouldn't think of his history and you wouldn't know where he came from. When you look yeah. at him, you get more, more, you know, visual clues, but he's such an amazing guy now. You know, he's so pleasant and he's, he gives back to his community. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's that's uh, really really amazing that you know he's, uh, you know, I mean he's just like a humble guy, and you know, I mean, you know, can I get you some coffee, Mister De Niro? You know that that says a lot. Yeah, it does, and it's nice when you when you've come from nothing, you go through hell, you become a great person. You find a niche in your life where you can actually make a difference to others and you give back. And um, it, a lot of people don't know he's a restaurateur. He has yeah. a series of restaurants Oh, and, and a donut shop. And taco trucks, Trejo's Tacos. Oh, my yes. God. I saw an interview with him about Trejo's Tacos, and they, they look amazing. He's got some amazing recipes going going into that truck, and uh, I mean, send one to Cleveland, please, if you're listening, Danny. I'd love to get one here. I mean, we have a couple good family-run taco places. We haven't ordered to them in in a couple years from them in a couple years. Um, I'm hoping they're still in business. Yeah. But you know, it's it's these aren't Taco Bell tacos. These are oh, real tacos. <laughs> does Taco Bell actually sell tacos? I just thought that they just had taco in the name. Yeah, I don't know what they sell nowadays. I haven't eaten a Taco Bell in over twenty years. It's terrible. It's it's bad. Yeah. So he's yeah he's got those restaurants. Um, and his his tagline for the restaurants is good food. There's no secret. So nice. you know, it's kind of cool. <laughs> and um, not only did he have these restaurants. Oh, so we talked about Trejo's Tacos. Uh, the restaurants to Trejo's Cantina. And then there's Treo's Coffee and Donuts. So just his name, tapped on to, you know, a little descriptive there. And they're pretty cool. But he um, he has rec he recently donated and served thousands of meals to frontline workers and food insecure families. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's Danny Trejo, the rough looking Mexicana, you know, uh, thug that everybody looks like they, 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 they would, if they saw him on the street, they'd probably be afraid of him. He, he's a, he's an angel. He really, really is. He got his wings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, anything else on, uh, Danny Trejo before we, uh, uh, go to the next trailer break? Um, nope, nope. Um, I'd like to make a quick announcement, though. And, sure. um, if I can find 
No problem. I'll stall. I'll play. Uh, Please do. I'll play uh, Danny Trejo talking about his infamous line in The Hidden. The Hidden? Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? That was an alien. He was shooting us in jail. The director said, Danny, yell something. Yo, Yo hippie, hippie, what, what kind, kind of dude, dude are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love that. That so is just much. so funny. And just listening to him laugh, too. He just yeah. he enjoys life now. And that that is kind of cool. Uh, but what I wanted to, uh, to let everybody know is to join Adam Hebert this Wednesday, Mar May 25th, our annual Towel Day tribute to Douglas Adams, author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So grab your favorite towel. Mix a couple of pangalactic gargle blasters, put a babblefish in your ear, and tune in for BBC's radio production of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic. The show starts at 1 p.m. on the 25th. Well, very good. All right. I, I forgot Tal Day was coming up, but Adam is our man uh, for the job. So, all right. Uh, final birthday trailer block. And then I think we'll have huh? some more. We'll have some more mockbuster fun uh, when we come back. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, uh, look up upcoming uh, feature films for 2022, and we'll brainstorm on what mockbusters we could make to compete. Oh, that'll be fun. So yes, <laughs> and I'll play you the original Transmorphers trailer too. But, Very uh, <laughs> cool. Yes. So we have we have a nice little um, well-rounded trailer break now. We have Tatsuya Fujiwara, Fujiwara, born May 15th, 1982, in Japan. And he's in a uh, live-action recreation of Death Note, The Last Name, from oh, 2006. That's... Yeah, that was fun. Then we have Grace Jones, oh. lovely lady, born yes. Mar May 19th, 1948, in Spanish Town, Jamaica. She is in a fun movie with Tim Curry called Wolf Girl from 2001. Is that and anything, then we have a triple birthday. I was going to say, Three, is, that any, was, is, Wolf, is Wolf Girl anything like Wilderness Girls? Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, then we have a triple birthday. Three actors, same movie. One is our, our beloved Danny Trejo. The next is David Boreanaz, born May 16th, 1969, in Buffalo, New York. And then Dennis Hopper, born May 17th, 1936, in Dobson, Kansas. The movie's a stinker, but it's fun to watch. It's called The Crow, Wicked Prayer, from 2005. All right. Roll camera. No. Checkmate. A battle of wits. The suspense builds from the previous Death Note, as all questions are answered in the much-anticipated sequel. I'll be your eyes from now on. He's out cold! You're a murderer! Use some compassion! Believe me, I'm not Kira! The emergence of a second Kira, who possesses the eyes of the Shinigami, and a third Kira. <laughs> who will win? The last mistake I'll ever make. Will survive. Death Note, the last name. Step right up, step this way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Freak Show. 
Is your life just so, so dull, a little blue? That's cause everyone you know is normal, just like you. There's no way that's a check. It's a check. No way. It's a check, you can tell. Good old imperfection. Have a good one tonight, baby. I forget you're the main attraction. I'll take you to another I give you the terrifying wolf So come and see our freak and monster show. How could anybody do that to her? They're just kids, Harley. It's not you, honey. People nowadays are afraid of anything that's different. Buying trends indicate that consumers are no longer satisfied with covering up their flaws. They want to eliminate them. What are you doing down here? They're not pets. You know better. Your note said that you could help me. The formulations are unproven, but... That you inject me with some experimental serum? Is she like a mad scientist? Most freaks are killed as soon as they're born. These are the freaks who didn't survive. The ones who do come to me. Wow. I know. Yes. That's not terrible. I mean, that's what people want to see. A girl act like an animal. Oh, you know, it's very dull. What did you do to the cage fit? Did you change the bars? I figured it was you. You? Oh, no, 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 wait, it wasn't him. Harm her and I'll flatten you like a pancake. I would never harm her. So you haven't had any other side effects? Oh. Harley's thinking about pulling out of town early. Why? Have been yourself. Hormones. Get the hell out of here! I don't think she should do the show tonight, Harley. <laughs> it happens sometimes, sweetheart. Animals will do that when they feel endangered. Fox caught in a trap, they'll chew themselves to get free. Used to be people liked to come see the freaks. Now I can barely hold the show together. I'm worried about you. Just leave me alone! I'm gonna get sick! You remind me of someone. I give you the wolf! This creature is merely an oddity. Someone dies. The crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. Then sometimes 
the crow can bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. Didn't we kill that guy? Can you feel the love? I couldn't feel the love. There was a massive cat fight outside just a minute ago. Uh, I, I I went outside for a minute, and um, I just I thought I heard a kid at first, and I was like, "What's that kid doing outside right now? It's dark." And then it was like, just like, oh my god, it was it was crazy. Tennessee was chilling out, taking a bath in the chair, and. Uh, then uh, I, I double checked to make sure I was like, did did I somehow let him out? I hope that's not him. And I like walked back inside real quick and saw him. And he's in the window and he's like, I will kill all of those cats. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, very cool trailer break. Did you get to hear that musical transition uh, on the last two trailers, Michelle? Yeah, they fit real well together. I'm surprised. Yeah, I pulled, I, I dragged it just to the right spot to overlap so that musical note like fit right in. And uh, no, it was it was nice. Uh, so, but yeah, Wolf Girl, I'm going to have to check that out. That, that sounds really fun. I've never seen it. So, I've never seen it either, and I want to see it now. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I love Grace Jones. She's a really cool person too. So, um, and uh, Warm Leatherette. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah i remember listening to that song at the club we used to go to the the under 20 the, you know the it was like a, a an under 21 club it was a oh, lot of fun nice, to nice. so, so yeah. uh all right well welcome back uh miles uh are, are you ready to uh maybe try and work on some of our own uh uh mock busters for upcoming feature films <laughs> sure what what are we what are we up for? Well, we'll we'll brainstorm in a second here. Um uh Joe, uh I know you 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 don't you know you have great ideas uh for uh uh you know knockoffs and things like that of popular items. So I <laughs> yes. think uh, I think we could probably work on this. And Yes, uh, I think so. Yeah. And of course uh, Michelle, welcome back uh to you as well. Thank you for the Danny Trejo stuff. I think we should have a lot of fun here. So, all right, let's just do a, well, here, let's, to get us in the mood, let's go ahead and listen to the uh, first Transmorphers uh, mockbuster movie. This is a relatively short uh, trailer, um, but uh, here we go. So, Transmorphers from 2007 to get us into the mood. They came with a warning. These enemy targets just appeared out of nowhere. just poking through the perimeter, Joe. Organize the decoy team to intercept. They took our planet. Abort mission. Repeat. Abort mission. Shut it down. Shut it all down. We need to take this planet back. We needed someone to lead us. Mitchell is a traitor. He's the best man we've got. He's not controllable. Ben Ryberg gave you this part and changed your help. You must be joking. The lives of everyone we know will never be the same. You will follow my rules. You do not fight for me, you fight for yourself. 
for your loved ones. Blair! And for all the generations of folks. Take our planet back. Let's Move out! The gate's the Alright, men. Spread out. Take cover. All the team back down to the drop. Blackthorn, get the hell out of there. It's a trap. Repeat, it's a trap. Less than four <laughs> Wilhelm screams in the Transmorphers trailer. Transmorphers. Okay, we have Avatar two coming out. So mm. uh, I mean, obviously, we what what was our favorite? Uh, one of my favorites from tonight was Aliens versus Avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. Okay, let's do a three way then. All right. How about Aliens versus Avatars versus Terminators? <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> I, I was thinking, you know, AVA, the watery way. Oh, there you <laughs> AVA, the watery way. Uh, Miles, did, uh, did I hear you uh, uh, chiming in possibly on Avatar 2 for a mockbuster? Uh, I, I, I saw the trailer. Uh, are we talking about a mock, a mock of Avatar Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just ideas. Like I said, we could do... Uh, I, w I was thinking about doing... Um, you know, in celebration of it, my idea for a mockbuster would be uh, Aliens versus uh, Avatars 2, Aliens versus Avatars versus Terminators. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, I would like to stick the word hydro in there for the water aspect of it. Sure, sure. You know, like hydro avatar as opposed to just, you know, uh, something. Oh, a watery, um, a watery tart. Yeah, yes. So, Loving uh, about scimitars. Uh, hydro, hydro aliens and Avatar H two O H two O aliens. Avatar. Oh, oh, there you go. How about uh, yeah, hydro avatars versus uh, um. Let me see. What what what? Okay, so if the avatars are hydro, what would the aliens be? What would the prefix be for the aliens? How about Terran, mm. Terran aliens versus Hydro avatars? <laughs> Two. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Terra Earth. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just or Geo Geo aliens. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I like that. I like that. You, you know, you're thinking, you're thinking outside the box, and that's what you have to do with mockbusters: is think outside the box. Just a little, <laughs> just the smallest, you know, that, I mean, you know, don't be stupid about it. You know, be clever. There's a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah. It's just clever, have a little turnabout. Yeah. A little turnabout, right, Joe? That's right. Like, so you, uh, you, let's see. 
Avatar 2? The Smurfs versus the Surfs. Oh, see? Now that could be good. That could be good. But yes. you might have to change Smurfs. The spelling of it would have to be S-M-U-R-P-H-S. Okay. So, there you go. Yes. Smurfs <laughs> versus the Surfs. I'd I'd like to see one called like a uh, knife sprinter where they hunt synthoids that oh are not the... I like that I I gotcha I know where you're coming from you know I think fans of Blade Runner might really get a kick out of knife of a uh, knife sprinter and <laughs> they wouldn't be skin jobs they'd be uh, flesh workplaces. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, so trees. There you go. Oh, oh, now, now they, we got a Thor: Love and Thunder is coming out this year, so the Almighty Thor could be coming back, right? So, how about um, uh, the Almighty Thor: uh, Lust and Lightning? Yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> Almighty Thor: Lust and Lightning. <laughs> Uh, Richard Grieco, where are you? We need you to return as Loki. So, uh, you know, any, he looks so bad in that makeup. It was awful. Oh it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well now we, there's the, the new horror movie, uh, Nope coming out, uh, which is directed by, um, oh, mm, Nope film. I'm sorry, I forget the guy's name. Um, nope, it's uh, written and directed by Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Um, Jordan. Yeah, so I guess we should probably do Yep. Yep. Go along with Nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> do maybe. A, maybe, yeah. Nope, maybe. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do um, a science thriller like... Uh, uh, silence zone where these monsters that hear you come after you. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, the uh, 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 a quiet place, as it were. Or how about a a thing like uh, Gordon Peele's original? Um, get out, come in. Mm, there you go. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, now Jurassic World Dominion is coming out, so I think we should work on. Um, Jurassic is not a copyrighted word, so we can use Jurassic, but we should do a Jurassic Global Dominance. They do have a couple Jurassic <laughs> uh, um, uh, Asylum films. Oh, yeah. Jurassic. Uh, I, I, uh, I was talking to you guys about it the other day. Um, Jurassic Games. <laughs> Jurassic Games. It's dinosaurs versus convicts. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like they the also have paleo. Triassic World. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, I'm sorry. What were you saying, Michelle? They have Triassic World. Triassic World. Oh, but Miles, you're saying maybe stretch. Uh, you you start utilizing the Paleo. Uh, yeah, do uh, Paleo Pandemonium. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> paleo Playground. <laughs> you know, like fun. a park but smaller <laughs> sure yeah yeah exactly it's not a theme park but they got sliding boards you know mm. so <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh all right other upcoming films we have uh this year we have uh oh there's a movie called bullet train coming out 
Um, how about we have one called Projectile Plane? Hmm. It that worked, works. It worked for Snakes on a Train. So, <laughs> um, let me see. We have, uh, uh, oh. Oh, oh Slingshot Subway. Oh, Slingshot Subway. There you go. That's good. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, oh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. You know, we could revisit. We could get Shaquille O'Neal to rep reprise his role as Kazam. And instead yes. of instead of Shazam, Fury of the Gods, it could be um, uh, Kazam and some furry dogs. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Mockbuster, sell it. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, the Devil's Light, a horror movie coming out. God's Darkness, easy. So, or the nice. Devil, maybe the Devil's Nightlight, we could do. Uh, <laughs> the Demon's Nightlight. <laughs> uh, Satan's Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Um, and let me see. Uh, there's a movie called Men coming out. Uh, let's do a movie called Women. I. It won't be a mockbuster. It'll be better than Men. Yeah, Men looks creepy as heck. Oh, I haven't, I I haven't seen anything about it. So, um. Oh, Halloween ends. Oh, how how about we we go? Well, uh, now it might be a little tricky. We might have to. I, I don't know if Halloween is is. Um, free to use but we could uh you know all saints eve uh we could we yeah all saints eve begins or all hallows eve begins um yeah halloweenies so, finished yeah <laughs> uh or we'll just move straight to thanksgiving <laughs> yeah just as long as you don't so, right, go to christmas <laughs> yeah yeah but no, I, I think we've, we we definitely rustled up some good ideas here. But I'm I'm sold definitely on Kazam uh, uh, and some furry dogs and uh, Almighty Thor, Lust and Lightning. So I like those. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, that was that was a fun little exercise. At, at some point, maybe we'll actually we we could write up our own mockbusters. And do them for uh, fantasy. We could revive fantasy film ball uh, from uh, the the olden days on Mike Jack Radio. Maybe even invite Adam to come on with a with a mockbuster pitch. We'll That'd see. be cool. But uh, all right. Well, anyway, it is time to start wrapping up the show. So uh, I don't have a lot to add, but thank you for letting me indulge in the mockbusters. And my God, the amazing bulk. It looks so amazingly bad. I, 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 I'm going to watch it because it's so stupid looking. Uh, but yeah, so but thank you guys. And uh, I had a lot of fun talking mockbusters. So um and next week, who knows what it came from Cleveland. Or, again, or maybe the, the Mockbuster version of our show, that came from Cleveland. Uh, yeah. You know, I should have done that. I should have done I should have done a new uh, um, intro that says that came from Cleveland. So, but I didn't know about the movie That, the knockoff of it. Um, that looks so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
just a poster alone, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right, Michelle, what do you got on the way out of the program? I don't have much. Um, Just remember to join Adam Hebert on uh, Wednesday, May 25th for his annual Talladega celebration. Um, I um, also would like to say congratulations to A Quiet Place 2 for winning one of the Chainsaw Awards uh, that Fangora puts out every year. That's like the uh, Oscars of horror movies. And uh, what's so great about that is the actress gave her speech in complete in, in sign language. Because, very nice. Yeah, because she, 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 she's, she's uh, deaf. So, yeah. yeah, very, very cool. Uh, lots of really cool presenters. Um, lots of fun fun horror movies to look out for and um if you really really want a gore fest there is a movie called the sadness and it is off the chart gore it is insane i think it's chinese or 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 or, or korean uh, i think it's chinese like the language sounds a little mm-hmm. i didn't sounds a little rough although yeah. it may not be because they have president Z, G dying in it so oh cool. boy Oh boy! So, but it's a fun movie. So look for Korean. it. <laughs> All right, and uh, Joe, what do you got? Well, let's see. Saturday night, Spangoli has Doctor Fibes rises again. Oh, I know. I we were so happy to watch Doctor Fibes last week, and we get him two weeks oh. in a row. Oh, and Barbara was re- reminiscing about dragging her sisters when they were little kids. To see the Fives movies. <laughs> oh, that'd have been creepy for them. <laughs> <laughs> she loved them. And uh, oh, uh, Sunday on um, uh, episode six fifty three of the Tim Coromaw show, we'll be covering the pending purchase of uh, Elon Musk of the Republican Party to go along with his uh, purchase of Twitter. Ugh. Oh my! <laughs> and he's going to push them both over the cliff. So, look for that. All right, very good. And Miles, what is your uh, what are your final words for everybody? Uh, just you know, stay engaged. Don't let those that advocate that uh, not voting is the way to go. That is really not. If if voting wasn't that important, they wouldn't be trying to take that right away from you. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good night. (laughs) Aliens versus avatars. Don't get caught in the middle. Times are changing. Ladies can do stuff now. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. What?